May 2nd, 2019, it's the Watt for Pedro Show.
guess I'll see you around. Maybe the next time you come into town. It was nice just to spend some time with you. It's been a while since you came round. Do you still have my shirt? The one with faded letters that didn't quite fit. You used to wear it when we went to bed, and I watched you fall asleep in it. Oh, I'd watch you fall asleep. Oh, I'd watch you fall. Some way back to where we fell out of time. Sing the song I knew when I was with you, and remember how it rhymed. Guess I'll eventually forget the way I hated when you smelled like cigarettes and how you apologized and brushed your teeth so you could kiss me. Before we fell asleep, oh, I'd watch you fall asleep. Oh, I'd watch you fall asleep. I'd watch you. Guess I'll see you again. Maybe someday. I don't know when. When I do, I won't recognize you as the person I knew then. You better catch your train. Take my umbrella in case it starts to rain. When we lay in bed and we fall asleep to it, oh, I'd watch you fall asleep. Oh, I'd watch you fall asleep. Oh.
Okay. Watt for Pedro Show. You just heard my guest. Brother Matt come back from his vacation. I think he's resting up from that, the Lewis and Clark reenactment. Uh, but the magic of Skype and the software engineers in Estonia. I got Gabby Alter here. Where are you talking to me from, Gabby? Uh, I am talking to you from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn and yeah. New York City. Okay. Yeah. And... I want to say uh, thanks for being on the show. And uh, by the way, we started the show off with Mr. Knight from John Coltrane. And then from your new EP, a tune called Fall You Fall Off Your Chair There? This is Fall Asleep. <laughs> fall Asleep. This is Fall Asleep. And actually, the project name is Yes, Gabriel. That's right. Gabby, you're a. Yeah. Earliest musical recollection, please. Um, it was probably Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, I remember being really into that album when I was a kid, because um, we had it, and uh, I love those songs by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Which is, it's weird because I didn't, I didn't grow up thinking I was going to write musicals, but I did really like that album. So, yeah. Now this was a soundtrack to a theater production, right? Yeah, yeah. This was, uh, you know, the this all. It was the musical that Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote before he wrote Jesus Christ Superstar. But and, uh, it's, it's really didn't he write Hair? No, that was like Galt McDermott and another guy. Okay. Yeah, I'm not too hip on some of that <laughs> stuff there. Uh, but I remember yeah. around the same time. I think the one of the Deep Purple singers sang "Jesus Christ Superstar." Uh huh. Ian Gillian. Right. I think Ian Gillian. But he mm -hmm. wouldn't tour it, or something like that. So, mm -hmm. what you remember early with music was record in your house. Now, did other people play, or were they just listeners? Like your ma, your brother, uh, your sisters, brothers. That's a good question. Um, I think nobody played, but I'm a little bit hazy on that. I think my mom might have played when she was younger. Okay, but there was no piano. I mean, there was no instruments in the pad where you grew up. Well, actually, at some point, I think we did get an upright piano because. Okay. And the way I know that is that I remembered. I, like figuring out how to play some of the melodies from Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat on the piano. Yeah. So yeah, we must have had a piano. So you did autodidact. You didn't have a teacher. Well, that was just in the beginning. I mean, I think I was autodidactic for a little bit, and then my mom said, "You have to take an instrument." And how about the piano? And I said, "Okay," because I, you know, was was kind of into it already, and um. Yeah, and so then I started taking lessons, and now, I took them for about 10 how was, how was that experience? Because I've had all kinds of people on the show have all kinds yeah. of experiences with piano teachers. <laughs> some are good. Yeah. Some almost drove people <laughs> away from music. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's, well, it can happen. Well, what was your experience, Gabby? Well, uh, by the way, it's Gabby, which I, I'm sorry to correct 
too. It's nobody can figure out how to pronounce that's it from probably the short way it's for Gabriel, spelled. right? That's right. It's short for Gabriel. So um, that's but why it's I pronounced Gabi. It's a Hebrew name. Gabi. Well, my name too, Michael, uh, right? Uh, well, David, uh, in fact, well, I got two big Jewish names, uh, Michael and David. Oh, you do? <laughs> Well, my mother's, uh, her favorite brothers on each side of the family. One was Michael, one was David. So, uh, that's funny. Th- so it's Gabi, yeah. It's Gabi. Okay, I'll say Gabi. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, yeah. I won't fuck up anymore. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But it's let's, let's get back on this. Um, yeah. So, um, okay. So experience, what, I'm looking so for Gabi. Some, I'm looking for the, I'm looking for the experience right. uh, with the piano team. The experience. Yeah, you know, the first the first uh, lessons I had, I remember two things. I remember I actually wasn't that excited to do them. I think I felt like my mom had sort of tricked me into agreeing to do them because I liked messing around on the piano, but I was not that fond of the idea of doing more work, like, you know, go, doing another school-like thing. Um, like uh, but, rudiments? Like what? Rudiments. Am I yeah, like the rudiments. that wrong, too? Rudiments? <laughs> yeah, like the, yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't even you know, know they're what... they're like the building blocks to getting it going or something. Yeah, exactly. No, no, exactly. The, I mean, and that's the thing is that I, I think it wasn't that I even objected to that. It was just like I somehow didn't, wasn't that into the idea of doing another learning thing with an adult, probably. I just wanted to do stuff on my own. It wasn't school, but... Um, my teacher was actually not bad. She wasn't mean. Um, and I did find that, you know, I, w- I was already kind of interested in music. So, um, and I wasn't, you know, it wasn't super difficult, some of it. Um, so I didn't love it, but, uh, it wasn't a terrible experience either. Okay. So kind of middling. <laughs> yeah. Kind of middling. Well, yeah, something, but, but, uh, here's an example, like with guitar. I don't want to learn all these yeah. uh, rudiments. I want to learn how to play this particular song. I mean, I've, I've, I've had heard that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what about let's? Uh, so that's that's your home thing. What about at school? Were you in the band? Were you in the choir? A marching band? <laughs> well, we didn't have that. I mean, actually, my high school. Well, okay. Before high school. I, I went to actually this Jewish day school, um, and we did a lot of singing. You know, that was it, it was not that religious, but there were a lot of like there was like a good morning prayer, and there was a um, we'd say something I think before we ate lunch, and you know if there were holidays we would do singing. So there was basically a lot of singing threaded into the education, and I remember I liked that. I had a teacher, my first teacher was awesome, Allison Kent Weiss, and she had a guitar, she had an acoustic guitar, and she would sing and play the guitar, and I really loved that. I liked singing. So there was no kind of formal organization. It was just what we were doing, you know, in the school. But then, when I got a little older, I was in the school musicals, which were, you know, kind of small affairs, um, because it was not a big school. But I then got to play, you know, different characters and sing and I like that too I thought it was fun I didn't think of myself as a singer but I think I just like to be in front of audiences what about the first record you bought yourself oh that's such a good question um it's so hard to remember like 
It's kind of been... hard to have a wrong answer. You know? <laughs> well, I know, but I, well, yeah, the problem yeah, is I, but if I you don't remember of... that good, then you just don't. It's okay. I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember really distinctly there was like a cluster of things that I got around, but probably Run DMC was one of the first. I think I got that album. And I was really into it. I think, unless unless it was the Fat Boys, <laughs> it was, could have been one of those albums. New York City yeah. rap. Okay. Uh, what about first gig you went went to? Um, you know, I didn't go see like live rock or pop music very much growing up. But somebody, like a group of kids and their parents, went to the the Amnesty tour, which was like. Sting and Peter Gabriel and Tracy Chapman and Bruce Springsteen. So it was kind of a crazy gig or crazy concert. You know, it was like all these superstar 80s musicians. And I just remembered they were all really good. Where was it at? They're, uh, it was at, I, I don't remember. It was some stadium in the Bay Area. Whoa. You know, Bay, whatever. City, some big, San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. I thought we were talking. Uh, nowadays, you're in Brooklyn. Uh, these these yeah. days, the earlier yeah, days, you days. were in the Bay Area. Okay. Exactly. exactly. It's hard. It's, I'm working on the mind reading, Gabby. You still got to use <laughs> a little some words because. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so the Bay Area. I mean, there's a lot of music going on there. That's a trip. <laughs> yeah, right. And I know. I mean, it's funny. I think I saw. You know, yeah, and when I was growing up, there was, like, Green Day was still not famous. Like, they were around, East Bay. but not famous. Bay. Yeah, and the East Bay, as well, was, I think, was Jawbreaker. Gil, Gil, Gilman Street. That's right, Gilman Street, which I went to once, and I don't remember. I don't even know if I saw a band there. It might have just been, like, a rave or something at Gilman Street. Okay. Um, I was really – It's well, what's weird is I was really out of the – punk scene like that's that punk okay. scene was really strong as you know sure was that i think that's okay yeah. everybody i think has their own that's journey okay. through music you know and that's why i like to talk to people about it on the show yeah no that's that's really cool that right it's like each yeah you know i mean nobody has I've been doing the same yeah this month i think next week will be 18 yeah 18 years i've been doing the show and no two journeys have been the same yeah, that's I've very cool. To. I want to play Rains of April, even though we just started May. Tired. We've all got our headphones on and our guards up 
smartphones as we ride over the East River. You know I miss you now, and I'm never gonna see you later. And everything we had has been washed out with the rains of April. Taxi crossing the Brooklyn Bridge after midnight with your arms around me. But the greatest love is in memories, and you know those are unreliable. Faces rushing past, just a blur now in the back of a photo.
I was in a fortress in the heart of Antarctica, underneath a glacier. I made sure nobody ever saw, but somehow you found me. I don't know how, but you tracked me down. You put your arms around me. Me up from underground. You are the wind I could not win against. You are the storm that broke down my best defense. Oh, my heart was barricaded. Nothing could invade it. Nowhere to break into. Got through. You started a fire, and it melted all the ice within me. But as the temperature rose higher, it ate up all the oxygen. So I started running. It seemed like the only thing that I could do. But everywhere. The wind I could not win against. You are the storm that broke down my best defense. Oh, my heart was barricaded. Nothing could invade it. Nowhere to break into. But you got through. I don't think about you at all. I wonder if you've changed. If I wouldn't recognize you anymore, all that I have left now are jagged shards of your memory. Still, I try to piece them together into who you were when you were with me. You are the You got through the wind. Good.
guide through Well, for Pedro's show, we had uh, Gabby with Reigns of April. Yes, Gabriel, the Proj, new EP. Then uh, Makofumi with Moink. Stefano Palia, my uh, Sonio de Mainayo bandmate with his new uh, solo album. And uh, tune Serena from, I should say Serena. I'm mispronouncing everything. Wait till I get to the Serbo-Croatian stuff. <laughs> Howie Reeve with uh, Paul Makani, <laughs> Lauren Hex, maybe I got that right. Tav Falco with Strange, The Healers with Drain, and you got through from Yes Gabriel, Gabby Alter. So you were slow coming into like yeah organized music scene, and it looks like the main conduit was theater. Uh, yes. Now, a lot of well, these theater I, productions, they didn't have a live band, right? They'd be like records or tape or stuff. Well, actually, you know, so it, that's not quite what happened. Um, so in high school, I did get into the jazz band because I went to Berkeley High. Okay. And um, Berkeley High, like when I was a freshman, I didn't know anything about jazz, but uh, there was this thing called Jazz Lab. And I went in and and I heard the guys who were in the actual band playing and it was just like, oh my God, these people are so cool. Like this music is so fun. Like they were playing Headhunters by Herbie Hancock um, and Joy Spring. And it was just like this, this shit was killing. And I was like, oh, I got to be in this band. Um, so, I start, so I started learning jazz in high school and I eventually was in the jazz band. Um, but it, Piano? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, on piano. On piano, yeah. I didn't play any other instruments. But at the same time, uh, I also started being in this rock band with um, some people called Dorothy's Not Home. And we were uh, we were kind of fun. We were like a garage funk band. We were really into James Brown and, um, I don't know, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and some other shit that was popular. And we just... It was really fun, uh, kind of stressful, but fun. And we would play gigs, and I, I felt like there really weren't that many bands in our high school. Like, we were the only one that I knew about, and so people were pretty excited that we existed. Then, then what was the theater stuff you were talking about? Well, yeah, so so at the same time, like, the the theater stuff came actually after high school, and it happened because I had been in that garage band, or whatever it was, the garage funk band and uh my friend who who had written plays at berkeley high and he wanted to write a musical he wanted to write a rock musical so he said do you want to write this with me and i said yeah and so we put it on and it was kind of like the same you know do-it-yourself ethos as the band but now we had some of the people in the band as the pit band and then some other friends who were in the drama department were the actors and you know, we were trying to kind of keep up our connections after high school, and so we uh, we performed this at this theater called the Subterranean, which is under a pizzeria in Berkeley, and uh, still there, still a functioning theater. And that's kind of how we we just kept doing that. Like every summer or every other summer, I'd come back from college, and we would do another production, and 
uh, that just kept going. And, uh, well, when you say write, what do you mean? You came up with, uh, like, the words, libretto or something? Yeah, well, we just wrote the whole thing ourselves. I, I did not come up with the libretto. I, I would write the music and then... I don't know. I think we we kind of split up the words. Like sometimes we'd write songs together, and we we'd finish each other's songs. Sometimes he just gave me a lyric, and I would set it. Um, occasionally, I would just write a lyric. Well, these things him. were stories, right? So it's yeah, yeah. These were like uh, no, you know, these, yeah, these around were, some kind of thought, a plot, some kind of story. Or... Absolutely, yeah. We, we we would do like the first one was about. Uh, we wrote this, you know, 93, but it was about a virtual, a world where everyone was hooked up to virtual reality. It was basically like a matrix style plot. And, um, and, but then somebody, you know, everyone's basically like powerless and being controlled through their virtual reality machines. And then somebody comes from the past into the future to liberate them. So I guess it's a little like the Terminator in reverse or something, but, but, um, yeah, yeah, very like, you know, kind of like pop culture plots and we were super young, so we were that's what we were into and um yeah, and so I would write songs that were kind of in this in a bunch of different pop styles. And then when it was performed, would you be there with the piano playing these things when they were acting? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I was I was the band leader. I would play keyboard since there was no piano in there, but um yeah, yeah. I would also usually have a small role in the shows like like one of the shows i was like the mad professor you know like that like i could do comedic roles i couldn't really do serious stuff but um but i was good at spazzing so i would do kind of a spazzy role you, you get up from um, the keyboard yeah. and do a spazzy role and then get back on yeah okay. exactly it was real real diy yeah. and kind of uh, uh what you call non sequitur right <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, right. It's yeah, like it's on like the talk I'm... shows when they they the the talk show host he raps with the guy in the band, right? Yes, break break the fourth wall, kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, did, did, did you did you record with that Dorothy band? You know, I, there we did. I mean, we made four track recordings. That's how long ago it was. There was no like digital shit, and we also were not. We didn't go to a studio, but. Yeah, we made four drive recordings, or my friend did, and he has them somewhere. I, I don't know where they are, but he probably has them on a hard drive. But you like uh, you made cassettes and gave them to your friends and stuff. I guess we did. Yeah, I can't. I, I mean, I don't remember selling cassettes, but we probably passed those songs around to people. Yeah. And what was the band? Oh, Dorothy. It was called Dorothy's Not Home. Oh, Dorothy's and Not it, Home. It, That's it. That's it. Yeah, it was because we went to somebody's house named Dorothy, and we were supposed to practice there, rehearse there, and she wasn't there, so we were locked out, and that was the end of the rehearsal. <laughs> so you, let's name the band this. <laughs> yeah, very specific. And what, you guys just played the barrier. You didn't tour around or anything. No, I mean we the the, the basically we played during high school at a couple of maybe like three or four parties. And we played one party that was uh, like, it was in the same, the theater that later we would do the, the musical in. Um, under the pizzeria? And it was, yeah, exactly. Under the pizzeria. Actually, we played there twice. Our first gig was there. And basically our last gig was there, which was the night. I don't remember. It was the, no, it wasn't the night of the graduation. I think it was like a few days after 
my class graduated and we had this final like Dorothy's not home it's the last concert and people were crazy there you know what I mean like the energy was probably more intense than any concert I've played since then you, <laughs> it was so crazy. It. you, you had looped it because you from where you started you ended exactly exactly and everyone was like you know we're graduating we're you know I don't know people were crazy but so I think that in a way the um the the musical which we did the following year the first musical was kind of like trying to capture some of that energy or keep it going because we never played again as a band really but lots lots of the guys in the band was in the theater the yeah band. pretty much almost everybody yep well that's neat that you could be united that way uh, through uh, different forms of expression but still buddies yeah, totally. And and the thing was that some of the people, like our bass player in the band actually ended up being like the leading man in the musical because he was a really good actor and singer and bass player. So I, I think he did not play bass in the band because he had to you know, be on stage too much of the time. Um, so we got another guy to play bass for that gig. And and the singer in the band, who was also, also doing a bunch of the drama stuff in high school, she was like the villain. So they were basically like the two stars of the show. Right. <laughs> we're at the end of the first hour, May 2nd, 2019 edition. Watt Peter's show, uh, special guest, Gabby, from Brooklyn. Hold yeah, that yeah, for yeah. hour two. May 2nd, 2019, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro's show. The night I met you, we boarded a subway train Twenty minute ride to the place where you were staying You leaned in close, your face next to mine Your breath was warm, smelled like smoke and wine Battery park, a building made of glass We rode up in the elevator so fast didn't realize how far you would take me But a night has consequences you can't foresee You will be always dear to me You will be always dear You will be always dear to me You will be always dear
you boarded a westbound plane. Said you couldn't take a New York winter again. I turned the covers over, ready to start anew. I didn't realize the thing my heart would do. 'Cause you left your feather earring in my bed. Hung my pillow, the shape of your head. I didn't realize how far you'd taken me. But love has consequences you can't foresee. You'll be.
Wake up and the sheets are freezing. People on the subway sneezing. Sun comes out, it's only teasing. Deep in February, the air you breathe it looks like thick smoke. You break the ice, but the ice pick broke. Valentine's Day's just a sick joke. Deep in February, waiting on an email, waiting on a phone call, waiting out the long haul in the dead of winter. Groundhog came and went back under, promising more rain and thunder. No new songs by Stevie Wonder. Deep in February. Zero Celsius made the sign crack. Lost my glove on the one and nine track. Lost your heart, I can't get mine back. Deep in February, waiting on an email, waiting on a phone call, waiting out the long haul in the dead of winter. Dirty snowdrift, muddy runoff, dark gray clouds have cut the sun off. Doing errands, putting one off. Deep in February, six weeks now since you've departed. Trying to get the motor started. I hope you're just as broken-hearted. Deep in February, waiting on an email, waiting on a phone. Waiting out the long haul in the dead of winter. Waiting on an email. Waiting on a phone call. Waiting out the long haul in the dead of winter. <laughs> well, for Pedro Show, we started off with, uh, yes, Gabriel, has Gabby doing Dear to Me, and then Bar uh, Barry Burko Band, Tel Aviv, with Malachi, or Malachi, probably fucked that up, too, A Natural Ways, uh, that's um, Ava Mendoza, got to play with her last month, Mike Baguetta, Steve Hodges, it used to be called Brownies, I think they call it... Uh, Oh, they do. They, they it's after Lou Reed album, Coney Island Baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Coney Island mm -hmm. Baby. Uh, deep in February. After that, yes, Gabriel. So tell me about this EP. Um, well, this EP actually came about because I had always wanted to do my own album, and um, I had recorded, I guess, a couple of different cast albums, like songs from our shows, our musicals. Um, actually, yeah, and then um, I had recorded a bunch with my friend Damien on his projects. Um, he's like a nerdcore rapper, and so he he does hip-hop records, and I would do the keyboards for him. 
but I'd never done my own record and I really wanted to do that. And, um, so I did, it just took me like six or seven years <laughs> very slowly. So you mean between Dorothy's dot home and then doing these plays and stuff, you, you wanted to make your own record after how kind of being kind of side you wanted to be, uh, yeah. Your, yeah okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, I had always, yeah, yeah. Like, I just, you know, I loved the stuff I loved growing up was like, you know, the Beatles, Prince, uh, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Randy Newman, just people that were like, had these great albums. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. But I don't know, somehow doing stuff on my own took a really long time. I, I think I prefer to collaborate with people more. Um, so, yeah. But then I, I, I got to a point in my life where, I don't know. I guess I had built up some skills, um, like doing home recordings, and um, I had a group. I sort of, over time, like this group of songs evolved. That was about this relationship I had ten years ago, and um, that was hard to get out of my system. And so, I think the songs helped to do that. Like, like a lot of albums, I guess. Deep in February. Yeah. Yeah. But this next thing I want to play, it's called Emerald mm -hmm. Rain Productions. And what's that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the name of the theater group that me oh, and my okay. friends were in. My friends and I. And this tune, um, this tune Life Ahead of Us. Yeah, and this, this song, so I wrote this song with Damien, who's the rapper. Sure. Um, and we did... This was a musical, actually, Jesus, it was like 20 years, well, we started writing it 20 years ago, but it's uh, called Young Zombies in Love, and it's uh, basically a story about a guy, like, high school sweethearts, and then there's a zombie epidemic, and the guy is killed, so he becomes a zombie, and then he's too cool for his girlfriend, sort of like in the movie Grease, um, and then, uh, but they eventually work it out and have a... a alive slash undead relationship um it's pr it's pretty funny it's a little, little uh dark okay um, but anyway this is this is the first listen. song Yeah. 
horrible Something unsettling I need to see something so horrific I can go to sleep Show me the worst The worst you can do I have the stomach for it Down in the hole 
stronger side right and then after yeah, that yeah. we had uh, from Barcelona Blood Quartet with uh, Surfing Rada excuse me um, okay Trobekova Kushna Pesci with Lira uh, and Sneg from Sajur Bitter Lemon I think I think it's Bitter Lemon you know, just slab way of saying it. Guided by Voices, Jam War Song. <laughs> this is the most hilarious title, Jam War Song. And <laughs> Red Mass from Montreal with uh, something horrible. And, and here's a demo that you did for You Got Through, which is a song on your new EP. Yes. But uh, I guess this was an earlier incarnation. Like you said, you were working on this stuff for like, what, seven years? Yeah, something embarrassing. Yeah, um, it, and you know, yeah, but this—it's kind of interesting to hear this one. Like, I wrote this. I wrote you got through, and it was actually an, I think a different version that I didn't give you. But this one happened a, a couple years after I wrote the, the first version, and I was like, I liked it, but I was like, this is song. This version is way too sort of like techno pop for my album, which seems to be evolving more towards a folk kind of album. So, yeah, that's why I didn't use it. And what's techno-pop? Like, Pink? I don't Madonna? Even, <laughs> man, I don't even know. I kind of lost track of genres. Yeah, I know, like, the techno-pop is something you probably see in the 90s. I don't know what... Like, I feel like this track is sort of like... It's, a, it's more like electronically based pop. Like, it, there seems... It's like there's some dubstep in it a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? A lot of those, those genre knows. things really, uh, I mean, you see it even in hardcore. There's a there's a kind called uh, power violence. <laughs> yeah. and I remember a pair once telling me about 
Because you said uh, dub or something, dubstep, ch- chill. The, I, I was asking Pear about this uh, singer, Porno for Pyros, and then he said, uh, Mike, it's about mm-hmm. the, the, the beats per minute. That's how you can tell what genre it is. But, you know, oh, I think at the end of the day, I might be wrong, but maybe music's music. <laughs> yeah, know, music, these, but then I... I'm sorry, Gabby. They seem, people seem, oh, I was just going to say, I mean, people seem to find these distinctions. Some people find that, especially younger people, find them incredibly important. Um, and I, even though it's con- this thing that's constantly evolving, but I don't know how people think of it now. I think people, you know, it's sort of like, oh, I'd listen to that, but I'd never listen to that. It's like who you are or something. I don't know. They identify with a genre. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if people do how much they do that anymore, though. I mean, it's like it's a whole different thing now. Like what was that? So. Like the Pete Townsend wrote that thing about the mods and the rockers and fighting at Brighton Beach and mm-hmm. uh, scooters right. versus, yeah, like, versus I, motorcycles, uh, uh, leather coats versus uh, trench coats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. It gets away from. Uh, Kind of what is music, you know, <laughs> which is uh, melodies and words and uh, rhythms and feelings. And it seems like uh, the genre yeah. thing was just some kind of gimmick for marketing guys to make uh, their jobs easier. But you're right. I think maybe young people are more prone to it. Use it for a form of identity. Yeah. But man, I mean, I, I... it starts limiting stuff, don't you think? I do. And. You know, I feel kind of, well, I mean, I feel fortunate that, like, I grew up where I grew up in the Bay Area, and, like, I was exposed to a lot of stuff, and I think a lot of people are like this, where, you know, like, I got mixtapes, and I just, I like different stuff. I didn't just like one genre. I, th- I thought it was really cool to like a lot of different genres, uh, and so that's sort of what led me to writing musicals, I think, because, you know, you can write a lot of different genres in one Peace. You don't have to of limit course, yourself. In fact, as part of the vocabulary, you can change the mood, right? And, uh, the yeah. Whole, the whole kind exactly. of thing by just bringing in. Yeah. Without having a wide palette, it can get kind of narrow. There was a band from mm-hmm. the city from the late 60s called Sly Stone, Sly and the Family Stone. And yeah, uh, yeah. he would put all kinds of different stuff in his music, right? Yeah. And, totally. Uh, he was like the great. The great, I don't know, one of the first guys to, to really just put it all. I don't know. He was great. He was amazing. No, but there's a, there's an important lesson in that band. The way he, they still had an identity. So it wasn't like, right. it was so like polyglot Cosmo that they were just all blurry. They definitely had a thing, but they, it's kind of like writing a, a original novel and not inventing one word. It's still right. very original. Even though, yep. in fact, if you start inventing words, you know, like Finnegan's Wake, it's kind of hard to read. <laughs> right. That's true. But, uh, yeah, I think in a way it's a little better than the older days. I think it was more closed. But it's still, we got to get past this thing of uniforms and genre, you know, labels and yeah, things like this. I think this. that's right. And uh, maybe uh, the theater guys can do that, or movie guys, because right away you guys are already blending all kinds of motifs anyway. 
It's not just audio, yeah. right? It's visual and very interesting about that. To me, all the arts are valid. I don't really see one really being superior to another. Uh, all forms of expression are, I find interesting. It's, I mm-hmm. guess, the way they do it. <laughs> Whether I like it or right. And then maybe down the road, I change my mind, you know? Because the whole thing is just so fluid, and we get so caught up in all this fixed stuff. It's kind of hilarious yeah. in, in a way. So thank you for doing what you do. We're at the end of the second hour of May 2nd, 2019 edition of the Pedro Show. Special guest, Gabby from Brooklyn. Hold tight for hour three. May 2nd, 2019, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
You wake up and the sheets are freezing. People on the subway sneezing. Sun comes out, it's only teasing. Deep in February, the air you breathe it looks like thick smoke. You'd break the ice, but the ice pick broke. Valentine's Day is just a sick joke. Deep in February, waiting on an email. Waiting on a phone call, waiting out the long haul in the dead of winter. Groundhog came and went back under, promising more rain and thunder. No new songs by Stevie Wonder. Deep in February, zero cells just made the sign crack. Lost my glove on the one and nine track. Lost your heart, I can't get mine back. Deep in February, waiting on an email, waiting on a phone call, waiting out the long haul in the dead of winter. Oh, back in the fall, you used to love me. from Peter so and I was uh, <laughs> off air with uh, Gabby here uh, misremembering misremembering <laughs> wrong remembering everything uh, we ooh child uh, started off third hour yes Gabriel and uh, uh, yeah the name of the project it was uh, well, like yeah this is my record yeah basically okay. <laughs> it's a good one then we had from uh, South London crushed by pimps with Large windmill impregnated and running on ball barons. That's, that's a tune. Uh, Creas from Orthodox Spain after that. Uh, uh, and Gabby Alter with Deep in February. Now here's a demo, uh, another one uh, from the EP, but an earlier version, like from 12 years ago. Yeah, that was because I, I wrote it. I wrote Deep in February in 2005. Mm-hmm. So... Really, it was like 14 years. But um, this guy, I was, I was, I wrote it when I was 
at NYU, and there was another guy in my musical theater writing program named Sean Keogh, who's really amazing singer and songwriter. So he just did a cover, like he just whipped it out one day and covered my song. It was like the best thing ever. I mean, I don't even, I don't think my version is as good as his version. <laughs> in a certain way, he's just a better singer. Well, um, how'd he hear it? Did you play it for him? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I we were in the same class, songwriting class, and I, I brought it in one day and I had just been having this like sad time with this woman. Um, so I wrote that song and because the assignment was to write a song about February. So people brought in different songs about February. I was like, well, I'm just going to write about how I feel really bad right now because I miss this woman. And is, is, uh, um, February, that's the Valentine month, right? That's right. It turned out to be the Valentine month. So it was great. It was like, I basically just drew on, all, I was like, okay, images that you could associate with February. Like I wasn't really drawing on life, but I kind of, you know, just drew on a bunch of specific images that happen in February. And in New York. And, uh, so he heard it and then I, I don't know when, but he just, he was like, Hey, I, I came up with a version. I was like, Oh, okay. And we recorded it and like in a room with a piano and people love that version. I mean, I think it's really amazing what he did. Uh, I want to play this song Laura called. Oh yeah. You want to say anything about that? Is that, well, it's just another, yet another woman that I... I was going to say. <laughs> could not have, yeah. So music, no, Laura, music Laura's, is a good way for you to uh, deal with these issues. I, I think it's it's great. You don't have yeah. to pretend. <laughs> exactly. It's like you finally have the person in the room with you, you know, just listening to you. Talk, talk to them. Um, but no, she, Laura, Laura was somebody I was in love with in college, and but I, I actually... she. She uh, got in touch with me when I moved to New York, um, and I hadn't talked to her in a long time. So the song is really just literally, I'm very literal in a lot of my songs. It was like, well, she just called me. Like, I wonder why, like, I didn't think she was still in love with me. Um, I was pretty sure about that. But, you know, but there's some kind of crazy part of yourself that's like, oh, maybe, like, this romance can finally happen. And it didn't, which is good because, you know, it didn't, it it was never going to happen. I just was, like, the wrong person for her. But... Uh, she's a really great person, so we actually ended up, you know, just reconnecting in a nice way and nothing, you know. But that was like before I wrote this song before that it all happened. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the prequel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The prequel. <laughs>
sir. She's going to make the whole ship fly! Fly? First, the Tower of London, are The guards won't know what hit it. We'll swoop right down and take the crown, and the crown just win it. And when we fly to Paris, all the treasures I'll be grabbing. The Mona Lisa will look lovely hanging in the cabin. Hey-ho, imagine the places that we'll go No one can stop us when we're so high in the stratosphere Hey-ho, we'll be the freighter that thunders Every one of the world's seven wonders When we're up in the sky. But who can fight a frigate that flies? No one can fight a frigate that flies Next we'll roam to Rome, me lads, and here's what I'll be stealing. I'll rob the Sistine Chapel of the Sistine Chapel ceiling. And for all the folks in Egypt, it will be a dismal day. They'll be crying for their mummies. Oh, well, we take their mummies away. Oh, hey-ho, imagine the places that we'll go. No one can stop us when we're so high. They will all power in fear. Oh, hey-ho, from Delhi to Rio to Venice. Cause when you've got wings, no wicked deed cannot be done And we owe it all to our great and glorious captain Although now that you mention it, why are we taking orders from some fairy anyway? <gasps> A two, three, four! Hey-ho, imagine the places that we'll go No one can stop us when we're so high Isn't a pirate? Why, for Pedro's show, last music for this edition. Lara called Gabby Alter. The National Debt with Free Fall out of Idaho. You to pimp. Uh, the Frigate That Flies. Tom Hiddleston and Company. Please explain there, Gabby. Well, so uh, I wrote a musical with my friend Edomar Moses called Nobody Loves You, which is about a reality TV show that is sort of based on The Bachelor and Survivor combined or something like that. I mean, it's just imagine if you will, uh, you know, it's like everyone lives in a house and at the end of the week, if nobody loves you, you have to leave the house. So, um, it, well, I had my eyes glued to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> a hockey stick to pry me away. <laughs> can't, can't wait to find out who gets voted off. Well, well but, it's um, Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> yeah, so Tom Hiddleston actually is the guy in the Avengers. I don't know if he's in the last one, but he plays Loki. Oh, he's like the villain. Okay, okay. 
an actor. I'm sorry. No, no offense. Yeah, he's an actor. That's okay. But so, so Edamar and I were like, somehow we wrote this musical, and then a guy from Disney Theatrical saw it, and then he referred us to somebody in their animation division who was looking for a song for a Tinkerbell movie called uh, Tinkerbell and the Pirate Fairy. And they, I, that series, I think, may have ended after we wrote that song for that movie. They had, like, a few of them, and they were very popular, but then I think that animation studio closed. Um, and But luckily, we got in our one song, and it, you know, it's been disseminated all over the world because it's Disney, right? Like, there's a, there's a video on YouTube of the song being sung in, like, 40 different languages. <laughs> like, just explains how crazy Disney is. But um, it's, it's uh, a song... <laughs> That I mean, it's sung by, I guess, the pirates. Like, the plot is it's a prequel to the Peter Pan story in which the pirates have, like, gotten this rogue fairy to give them fairy dust, and then they can use that to power their ship to fly to the various places in the world and, like, steal things because they're pirates. And so we wrote that song. Which was really fun to write, um, and, very, and then Tom Hiddleston sang the bridge, uh, so that's my you know main claim to fame as far as famous people singing my songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just for now. We don't know what the future holds for you. In fact, that's about, right, Gabby. What about the future? What do you got planned? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> um, no. I mean, I'm actually, my plans right now are to do some more musicals because I have been away from that um, more or less for a few years. And there are a few projects now that I'm trying to like get pushed out into the water um, and start writing. So I suspect that will, something is going to start soon. Um, One of these projects I feel, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but but I'm just playing by the numbers. I feel like, well, I'm trying to do three or four. So hopefully one of those will, you know, actually happen. And, and we're trying to get nobody loves you to come back. Uh, it was off Broadway a long time ago, like six years ago. And we're trying to bring it back into theaters. So hopefully that will happen. Um, and then I'll play some shows as yes, Gabriel, you know, I'll do an album release party or two and maybe I'll do a small tour. Um, I don't, uh, you know, I've been on tour with Damien, with my friend, the rapper, and so I don't know that touring life is for me, but I certainly wouldn't mind playing some shows, you know, just just to, like, I have played shows with yes with a band called Yes Gabriel, and we will do some more in the future. Um, I think it's, you know, that's the way a lot of people connect to music, so. Gotti, where can yeah. people find out about you on the internet? Um, you can go to yesgabriel.com. You can also... Spell that out. Y-E-S? Uh, yeah, Y-E-S-G-A-B-R-I-E-L. Um, yeah, that's the main place. I mean, you can also go to... Those other... I know those other yeah, like Shitter, <laughs> fake look, instant ham. Yeah. But I'm instant so glad you got your own site because that's like your own fanzine. There's no middle. Yeah, there. There's no filter. That's right. Yeah, no corporate filter. Yeah, or, or any kind of filter, even a hipster filter. <laughs> yeah. It's you. Right. You know, the, the same ethics from the old days of the movement, the fanzine, right? But maybe even yeah. more people can check it out. You don't have to uh, yeah, pay the guy at Kinko's. you got to pay your web 
ISP guy. Maybe. That's right. <laughs> but man, it's been, re- it's been a real pleasure to have you aboard. And it's Thank very you. interesting how you used your theater life and your music. They, uh, they, uh, gra- grateful for your piano teacher all these years because you're still using the piano. That's right. Yeah, Big I am time. grateful. Big She's time. Good. So po- a positive, uh, uh, whatever, uh, episode in your life. And uh, yeah, I like to hear that. I don't like to always hear the negative piano lesson story, but you know, sometimes sometimes they're there. Sometimes though, they prod people into going in other directions that are very interesting too. But thanks for sharing with us about your journey with the music. And uh, like I said, uh, big honor to have you. I, I, I love the the, the, uh, the idea too of uh, cross whatever pollinator. You know, it's it's not just the same yeah. old same old. Uh, uh, you know, you got you got a rapper friend you might play some gigs with, maybe touring Life Ain't For You. Obviously, a theater thing. You know, they, they tour too sometimes, right? They put on those plays and they go around from towns to towns. That's right. That was more of a vaudeville yes. thing. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of ended up with that tradition more. But it's still, it's righteous. And uh, I, I really thank you for spending some time and talking and, and, and getting to play your music for people. Okay? Well, thank you very much. Okay, and, and when you come up with your next thing, please uh, get a hold of me. Okay, I will. Okay, I will. Thanks, Gary. Thank you very much. People, May 2nd, 2019, Dishawaf Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.